0: Stranger though it may seem, publicity and demolition is subject to fashion. A few years ago, every press release and every press conference I attended was built around the height of a company's new high-reach machine. Then we had a spate of news about the investment in low-emission vehicles. There was a a prolonged period when all that anybody ever wanted to talk about was their recycling rates. And most recently, the trend was for highlighting the number of man-hours a contractor had amassed without a reportable incident. But there's a new pet focus in town, and it's one that, if not applied correctly, could actually be to the detriment of the contractor and the wider demolition community. With work becoming scarce in certain places around the country, and with the emergence of specialist contractors equipped primarily to tackle things like tower blocks, bridges and power stations, some demolition companies find themselves bidding for work a long way from their usual base. Now, of course, that has its own challenges. But those challenges become even greater when clients, and more importantly local authorities, insist that companies working in their region employ a certain percentage of local people. On the face of it, that seems like a perfectly reasonable idea. If a company is going to earn money from an area, it seems only fitting they should give something back to the local community by employing a few local people. But this is demolition we're talking about. Demolition is part art, part science, and it's a skill that's learned over many years, a skill that is honed by constant repetition. And while some of the training available within the industry will certainly be perfectly adequate to get a local man or woman on site, we mustn't lose sight of the need to have the most skilled people in the most demanding roles. Over the years I've reported on a number of different contractors that have assembled their own specialist teams. The bridge team, the power station team, Those teams work together day in, day out. They understand the protocols and procedures required in a specific application. They know their specialist field inside out and back to front. It's a strange comparison to draw, but look at an international football team. The players within that team might be among the very best in the world, but put them in an England, Scotland or Wales shirt and they can suddenly look very ordinary. That has nothing to do with the colour of that international shirt, and it has everything to do with familiarity and reliance upon those around them. At club level, players spend every working day together at the training ground. They develop almost a sixth sense for each other on what they might do in certain situations. At its very best, this allows players to pick out a precision pass without even looking up. They just know where their teammate will be. And demolition is the same. If you spend six months taking down a tower block, or if you spend three years demolishing a power station, you just know the strengths and weaknesses of those around you. And armed with that insight you can depend upon each other to bring home the next job on time, profitably, and above all safely. That's not necessarily the case if you're required to stir some local lads into the mix. And what about the longer term? Let's say you do employ a gang of local lads. You put them through their demolition and asbestos awareness training and give them a job for the next ten weeks. But what happens when the job's finished? Do they really have a transferable skill? Or have they just learnt to throw a few minute bits of steel into a skip or how to drive a broom? I'm not dismissing the concept of local employment. Handled properly, I'm sure it has its place. But it is not the, pa- the panacea for regional unemployment. It is unlikely to be sustainable. In the worst case scenario, it's requiring established demolition teams to work alongside individuals that would struggle to make the reserve team.